Hello, everybody. Welcome to this day, today's uh, broadcast for the uh, uh, Clear Mastermind Group. And the, uh, I'll start from, I'll go by as they're listed on the screen here. And with us today is myself, uh, Richard Clear, uh, here in Maryville, Tennessee, our national headquarters. And Matt Holker, who is the uh, regional organizer for Maryville, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville. Art Don, who's in um, outside of Washington, D.C. in Greenbelt, Maryland. Maryland, just a little northeast. Yep, welcome. Thank you, welcome. Uh, Sheila, Bay, Sheila Bell in Costa Rica. Hi, everyone. Um, yes, I'm in Guanacaste in the Pacific Northern region of Costa Rica. Philip Chan in uh, Columbus, Georgia. Philip Chan. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to him about oh. how to do that. Jim Kelly in Boca Raton, Florida. How you doing, Sifu, everybody? Hello. Harry Legg in uh, Verona, New Jersey, outside of New York City. Hello, hello. Tyrone Talbert in Colbert, California, a suburb of L a big suburb of L.A. Hello, everyone. Yes, in Colbert. The uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel, sorry, Daniel Stringer in uh, outside of Paisley and a couple other cities there. Big, the land, big suburb uh, or, or suburbs of Orlando. When I say suburbs, obviously it's like an, all these, most of these places are like uh, somewhere between half an hour and hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes away from these other places. Daniel? Here. Hello? Hey, and, uh, Phil, for, for them to see you, you have to say something so the camera knows to like track on you. So say hi, say hi to your fans. Hello. <laughs> hey. We good? We good. Yeah, great. Cool. All right. Today's topic is, uh, well, let me start off by what I'm promoting for you today uh, for a word from our sponsor is the $47 a month online program for that. You would go to clear martial arts com the uh, or uh, you can buy it as a one single package there and it's 495 dollars and you buy it there and or you can just buy the clear Tai Chi level one package anything else it should say to make that uh, no, uh, no just go to okay. clearmarshalarts.com all right we'll look out and then uh, today's topic is clear Tai Chi basic skills level one and why these skills form the basics of the program. In other words, in any Tai Chi curriculum, you've got, of course, the form, and everybody's got whatever form that is, or almost everybody's got the form, and then they've got whatever other basics they include in their first level of program, the things that they're teaching the beginners before they become, before they go up a level and become intermediate students and all of that. And those curriculums can vary quite widely and ours has very specific things in it. And what we're going to be talking about is why, what those specific things are to some degree, and why those things as opposed to other things. And not so much the, the opposing part, but why those things are the things that are in our basic skills. The, uh, all right. And the first thing we want to do is, and you worded this very well the other day, Matt, when we were talking about this. I want to let um, all of our guys here and lady 
uh, weigh in on the experience, your experiences with level one and how it relates to either things that you've done or experienced both as a practitioner and as a teacher and also your personal advanced training and how level something that you did in level one really pertained to that or something that you did in a more advanced uh, class, intermediate class or one of the higher level workshops um, really shed a different light on what was going, what you learned in level one or caused you to think about it differently or really made you revisit that in a different way and helped you to see the depth and sort of rationale for <clears throat> that level one skill. That pretty much. <clears throat> All right, so, um, so I'm gonna give you guys a chance to weigh in on that right now. So, uh, Art, you wanna start? Okay, well, um... I found when my initial introduction to Tai Chi was was pretty good in the sense that the uh, instructor had knowledge and substance and was willing to impart it. Um, I wasn't with him too long because he went away, but but after that, um, so I, I would practice some on my own. But um, after that, the other schools, um, I, I went to a few different instructors. Um, for varying lengths of time. And they, uh, of course, imparted their own, well, not necessarily their own, but one of the um, Tai Chi styles and had um, their complementary exercises. And they would say, to, to have real good, strong Tai Chi, you need to do the exercises also. But um, there wasn't any information imparted as to what this other substance was, how the exercises could actually develop it, other than to say, well, it, it did develop it. So there was sort of a, a disconnect between the form, the exercises, and the uh, totality of Tai Chi ability, say. And um, then when I, you know, worked with Matt and worked with Sifu Clear and and he had his instruction, then um, explaining the uh, importance of connection, the whole body connected, the, the relaxation, um, and for example, the um, alignment, how you have this, and um, though they're sort of basic skills, he would um, impress upon me or anyone he worked with, um, the importance of doing them so that one could really feel the, the substantial Tai Chi energy that one then uses to um, manipulate the energy of one's own energy or the other person. And even though it's, he calls it um, level one instruction, the uh, information he imparts is I would say at least one level above anything I'd been taught before in the sense of bringing everything together to um, give one power and um, become, if not proficient at using it, become initially familiar with it and one could work with it and and then feel the potential for it and with with time um, become more comfortable with feeling energy both in oneself and um, a, another person and 
um, develop it so that it would become, well, to me, it went from the, the energy, I can talk about substantial energy went from becoming a sort of um, nebulous thing that one could get doing the form and the exercises to um, actually being able to feel the energy, again, both in oneself and the other person and, and manipulate it even with the, the level one Tai Chi. Um, cool. And that's pretty much um, what um, I feel the level one did. And yeah, level two just great. takes a lot of that and continues with that. Yeah, it takes up those pieces. The, um, the, you know, so many Tai Chi people out there, I, I think this is what you were saying, Art, is that, that, that they're all Li level. And then and there's some, there's a sort of magic step involved that they can't quite put their finger on. It's like, yeah, well, sometime along the way, you're going to get energy out of it. But they can't explain how or why. And that this program, the level one material that Richard Clear has put together, it really is the foundation of that energy connection. It, it is that, no, this is a real thing. You're working with it. Here's how. You can feel it, and here's what you do with those feelings. And it really is that foundational material that should be out there everywhere else, but that you know, that art, like you were saying, it really that it's the, the pieces just aren't there in a lot of other systems. Um, so yeah, great. Yep, right. that's why our motto is feel the energy. That's right. Yeah, you hit you hit the nail on the uh, head. <laughs> the other the other thing that's interesting about that obviously is that there's a lot of for lack of a better way to say this, um, people who take a weekend workshop, one weekend workshop, and now they're a Tai Chi teacher, and then what do they teach? Well, they teach the moves, because that's all they were able to learn in a weekend. Uh, and then, they, then they're, oh, I'm a Tai Chi teacher. And it's like, no, you're a Tai Chi beginner who's showing other people how to do moves and doesn't really understand how, it's, how the art actually works. Unfortunately, there's, you know, that's not everybody by a long shot, but but if you looked at, if you took everybody teaching Tai Chi in the country, we're probably not talking about 80% or more, it's, it's that. And so ideally with the education we're putting out there, we're gonna help change that. And you guys are doing a great job in your communities helping to make that happen. Cool. Um, Sheila? Yes. Um, so, I'm still kind of in that level one, right? But um, it's so multi-layered. Um, what I really wanted to share with everyone today is how I perceive this method as being really meta. Like um, some methods you see, they're linear. And so you go step one, step two, step three, you're learning the forms. Um, maybe there's images or, or videos with it, you know, but here, Sifu Clear is, is teaching teachers how to teach. So it's, you know, it's, it's meta. And even if you're not a teacher, don't ever plan to teach, that kind of layering um, really enriches the entire experience. So if I were to take just one example out of, you know, I can't even count how many different methods and, and, and techniques we learn. But let's say for Sung, when you first start, uh, we don't even call it that. It's just learn how to relax. So you're tensing and then you're relaxing and you get that feeling of sighing and letting it go, right? And then later when you learn some of the moves and, and just like, okay, hey, make sure 
where you relax while you do this. And then you're building up, sinking through, sinking through, going down, making the root, you know, and, and it builds progressively until you're doing something much more advanced and you realize, oh man, besides the sung, this relaxing, sinking down, I can add in other things on top of that. And so then you get this layering effect that it's just, it's four dimensional, you know, in the end, it's, it's just so rich and deep. Cool. That's yeah. my experience. Okay. Um, Daniel? Uh, well, I would say, um, first, anyone who's listening, if you're, you know, if you're hearing all these things, I would really, really, really recommend you uh, go put hands on with Sifu or anyone that's been training with him for a while, because as much as we can try to explain it, when you, uh, as Art said, and Matt said, feel the energy, when you really feel somebody who's got these skills, it's really a profound difference. And so I would just encourage anybody to get hands on as quickly as you can, if you're interested in this stuff. Um, but I think the brilliance of level one for me, and also like what Art said was, uh, it's really a step above what else is out there whether it's level one push hands or basic skills, level one Tai Chi. Uh, but for me, I thought, I think the brilliance was, you know, I did Tai Chi for over a decade before and it was very form focused. You know, the foot had to be in the right place. The hand had to be in the right place. Even the applications were very like everything's so precise. And really what I got from the, the level one Tai Chi is the form is the tool uh, to really work all these different qualities. And there's there's a whole list of qualities that as you learn and get better at, they actually kind of pop up later. Um, and you start realizing how much you got out of level one as you, you continue on your study. But it's kind of like if you did a, like a Shaolin Kung Fu thing and you had these people doing five animal forms and all their animals look the same, right? There's no There's no difference between tiger and dragon and monkey and there's no spirit of the animal or no different kind of movement well the level one shows you that yes the form is the tool to to work these principles but every principle is its own field of study and it really communicates that really well because you have to be able to demonstrate all these different skills in the form so that the form isn't just stick man movement but a way to train and practice and cultivate these jinx so it's a it's really more insightful than people realize and i uh, again of course thank you sifu for everything you've given cool um, I kind of want to take a different approach to um, talking about level one. I had a couple of uh, specific skills that I thought were really important. And one of the simplest skills that I find that I forget to do and I make sure that I do on a regular basis now is standing on one leg. And that I find that when I stand on one leg, if I don't do it for a while, that my balance is not at the level I want it to be. And standing on one leg seems like it's a very simple thing, but to do it correctly, you have to have alignment, you have to have the three dan chin going on, you have to have root going on, you have to have song going on. So this really simple exercise becomes very important in your development in Tai Chi. And not only that is that I find that when I teach it to my students, it's an everyday thing, having good balance, whether it's just walking around in the grocery store, getting out of the bathtub, 
or I have a lot of people who are involved in other sports, whether they are golfers, skiers, skateboarders, um, trying to, oh, I have one guy who does this tight walk thing when he does um, rock climbing. I don't know what it's called, slack, slack lining, something like that. Okay. But all of them find that just going ahead and standing on one leg improves almost every aspect of their daily life and whatever else they're doing. And that's something I found in the level one is that quite often, it's not just good for Tai Chi, but it carries over to the rest of your life. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Philip? We're putting you on the spot one by one. Uh, <laughs> You're talking to me. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that uh, I had a much better understanding of um, since I got, got involved with Sifu's uh, training was I had a better understanding of on. So when what I used to teach was uh, more of a Tai Chi for health and in the Yang system there, you have a transition from squeeze and then you go to press. And uh, most people think of the energy of press as being forward, but really what's the really important part of press is the downward part, the on. And so I had a better idea of what was going on with that. And that was really very interesting. Um, so it incorporates rooting. Uh, and, and you can approach that, I think, in part from doing um, the shackle, doing the form with the shackle gin. Sure. Or maybe with the underwater gin. So that's involved. Uh, and certainly comes out when it's taught, uh, rooting is taught explicitly with uh, internal push hands. But in terms of, of applications, it was really interesting to me because what one of the things that you can use is when you have this press, you basically tie the other person up. He's kind of stuck and can't move for a moment. And that makes him really vulnerable to a hit. So I just... Yeah, sure. Suddenly, you know, what was just a movement became very much alive. And in much of the reading I've done, they say that, you know, on is really, really important. And uh, I don't think it, I, th I think it often doesn't get the credit that it should, but there are all kinds of places where it comes in. So when, when you're, when you're doing an application like an arm bar or an arm break, dropping the weight well, really makes it more powerful. And certainly in terms of iron palm, that adds to it too. So for me, that was very, very productive. So cool. that's what I have to say today. Okay. Thank you, Bill. Jim? Thank you, Sifu. Um, well, I just, you know, I want to say that uh, the level one, when I came up to Marigold and took the, uh, the seminar, I was really blown away. Uh, I, had, I had done more of the external arts prior to Tai Chi, and uh, I wanted to get hurt, and I did, uh, I guess, basic Tai Chi for probably about, uh, probably about 12, 13 years, and I did the standard, you know, follow me, and just the basic uh, Lee movements, the forms, and 
I had gone through the Yang style and was on my way to, you know, finishing up the, uh, the long form. And when I had gone to the seminar, I think what impressed me most was that the way you laid out the Tai Chi roadmap where I was able to see where I was and, you know, how my <clears throat> basic skills were developing. I was beginning to feel the chi. It wasn't explained really as in depth as, uh, as you taught it during that seminar. But, uh, but I, you know, I was able to feel the, the movement in the Lee and knew that I was learning the motions, but the feeling the chi and connecting it uh, with the E and, and feeling the relaxation in the song, it all sort of put it together. And uh, I was, like I said, blown away that it was just a level one course, so to, so to speak. You were able to, to explain a lot of these deep elements, and yet you didn't overwhelm me with it. Uh, you know, over, I had not been exposed to rooting uh, before, believe it or not. Uh, so I know we went over the rooting and and how it affected all of these other aspects of the Tai Chi. So again, it was a very eye-opening experience and I enjoyed it a lot. Cool. Harry? So I, um, like many, have gone through the situation where I was learning a bunch of empty Tai Chi. I always feel kind of bad when I talk about this because I really liked the people at the school that I was at for a good number of years, but they just did not know better. So it wasn't willful, you know, uh, teaching empty Tai Chi. But it was just choreography. And I have frequently said to you, Sifu, that, and I'm only half joking, that your level one is high level for many, many, many people, considering where the general overall state of Tai Chi is. Um, one of the things that I really love about the way you have put together your program is how the skills build and build and build. And you have figured out, you have formulated ways to teach your students how to really get the skills versus just do the form and it will come. <sighs> No, people are deluding their, themselves with that crap. Sorry. Well, I, think, I think if you could do it for a thousand years, that maybe they could eventually come. But a few, a few of the skills, but, maybe. But <laughs> yes. I, haven't, I haven't met too many 500-year-old people. So <laughs> yes, exactly. So you've put together such a strong curriculum, and as Sheila mentioned as well, a way for those of us that do teach to have real curriculum to pull from and to methodically have a way to pass it on rather than just do the form. And uh, that means so much. And I would also say um, uh, for my students, I, they know I get a little irritated with them when they say, well, what's Sifu going to be teaching? And I want to say, pardon me, but does it matter what the he's going to be teaching? Do you think you have it or that you won't need it? And guess what? If it's something you've already taken, do you own it? 
do you really think you don't need to take level one again because the volume of material in it is so huge and you can get it at a level much, much, much deeper? I run into, you know, other Tai Chi practitioners frequently who think they have internal spiral or waving or whatever the case may be. And it's not to be mean, but because they're not training in the manner that we are, they have the equivalent of a dripping water faucet of the skill. And every skill that you are teaching us, you own, and it is demonstrable and very, very tangible and usable in real life. And that's the way it should be. And you're teaching us that. And I'm thrilled to have this curriculum from you and to continue learning it. So thank you. Felt like I was doing a commercial, but it's so heartfelt and very, very real. So when you, when you came to Boca last uh, February, yes, I think that's when. February, March, um, and you did the level one again, and you've oh, yeah. level one for years now. Yes. And what were a couple of things that jump out at you that you got there that you were like, oh, I've got that, and then, oh, you know, and it kind of hit you that way where it was, and I know it was some specific things. I may be asking you after all the corona stuff too much to have to think about. Right? I, well, I will tell you, I, I am not one to take a bunch of notes. That's just not me. I, I remember relatively well what I remember. That's, that's how I learn. Uh, but I, so with that being said, I have four pages of bullet point notes from level one of stuff where I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Holy, and, and so I came- You already knew it. You already knew it. Yes, and I've been teaching level one for a, a number of years and I got that much more out of it. It is that deep, so yes. And we're, we're going to be talking about why and how that depth is there because of the way it pertains to the advanced materials. So, okay. Yeah. Thank cool. you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think I'm the last. Is sure. there anyone else on the call? Oh, okay. So the the um yeah Harry, what you just said about the that the level one is high level for so many other people in their programs is yep. um is absolutely true and and we found that not by going and like auditing all these people's programs or whatever, but that people come to us at for having done other Tai Chi for 10, 15, 20, sometimes 30 years. And they come into our school and they go, well, how come your, your students are so skilled? Like what, how come they're so advanced in their training? And it's like, that's a year one guy. What are you talking about? He's not, not advanced. That's not our advanced stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm teaching him what he's talking about. And, and they, and, but they have this respect for everyone in the school because there's just real skill there and they haven't seen that pretty much anywhere else in like in you know in large numbers like that in the students and so that caught my eye right away um <coughs> pardon me and uh sheila something you said also caught my attention that um you you mentioned that this is that it is um sort of meta in a way because it's like we're teaching teachers how to teach it and that is true but it's also meta, like for me, what I found is that it's teaching students how to learn it. Like for me, like this, the level one is a bunch of building blocks and a, and a common language that I can use so that I can go look at other Tai Chi people and go, oh wow, he's doing a below ground weight transfer, really emphasizing the fung in his legs. And I can, and I can pick things up and put skills together or, oh wow, that, that, that skill really is just a combination of waving dragon and like really excellent structure and not breaking structure. And that, and if you put those two things together, it becomes really powerful in this way. And when I can start to put the pieces together and talk more about things and get a lot of extra 
skill and development out of it because I've done the work because I front loaded the work. Like I really built those, those skills and, and stuff. And it's not that I'm not doing any other work. It's that I see those things and go, oh, now I know how I need to put those together. Now I know what to work on to get to that next level. But it's, it's easier to go out and do that. Whereas before, before I had the level one, I couldn't look at another Tai Chi guy and tell you what he was doing. It was like, yeah, he's waving his arms in the air. It looks kind of fun. That was all the more sophisticated I could, I could be about it. And so I certainly wasn't getting anything out of watching any other Tai Chi people. But with the level one under your belt, it really is the pieces that you need to be a real student of Tai Chi and to go out and, and develop you know, more and more and more from there. It's that, it's that foundational level stuff that lets you go out and grow um and gives you you know the, the kind of a launching pad to do that um, so that's that's what i have found out of it yeah i think um a couple of calls ago i think it was jim that mentioned um the spiral that it starts small and then you know you keep revisiting the same point but you're at a higher level until that spiral is just you yeah. know infinite and unending <laughs> so you kind of feel like you're involved in that because it does uh, come back around each time and, and it's deeper each time. Yeah, cool. The, uh, all right, so, um, so one of the first things that probably stands apart in the program is that when you're doing level one, the, the sets in there are an eight move set and a 13 move set. And the reason for those sets being short for the beginner instead of being like a, a, the 108 or even a 24 uh, is that you can do either one of the sets in less than five minutes, unless you're doing some extreme, something that's, there are versions of it that are exceptionally slow, but on the average, you can do it in less than five minutes and probably in like three to four minutes, something like that. And you can work on, because of that, you can work on a lot of different skills and expressions and Jing expressions um, and other training things, including your Zongding, your central alignment, um, work specifically focusing in on Sung or, or, and other aspects. And you can take one hour's practice time, half an hour's practice time to one hour's practice time and really get in eight very different skills, like really eight to, eight to 10 really easily and have put real time into them and gone through all the movements that those movements in them, but enough to really get a sense and, and some work in on that stuff. Um, and with that, you can more easily internally memorize the moves. If you're only trying to memorize eight moves or 13 moves, and then you want to make it so that you will own those moves, it's a lot easier to do that with those short set than it is to try to do that with like 108. 108, I've, I've known people been doing those moves for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. And they're still, they'll hit parts where it's just like, you know, they're, they're not moving quite so well with that and that their understanding in terms of nuances of those moves are, are kind of poor. It's just because they've got 107 other moves to do that with. Um, versus when you get down to eight and 13 and then you boost up to the 48, you've already got about a third of the moves really going on well. And then the qualities that you've already got going on, you've been getting to, be much more easily put into those other moves because you've really got some visceral experience with it. Um, anyways, that, that also enables you to get started on the internal aspects 
really fast. If you got to learn 108 moves and it takes you six months and that's fast to three, four, five years, and then you don't really start learning how to, how to do everything with those uh, to amount to anything until after that, you know, how long is it before you really started Tai Chi as opposed to choreography class? And typically it's a minimum of three years, even if, even on a, when they're trying to get it across to you. Um, with this, within uh, a couple months, you're really able to get into the internal aspects of the Tai Chi and start to really get into the meat of it. You know, what's, um, you know, what does this do? How does it do that? What are the nuances of it? And if you're doing it with the different expressions and gens and, and alignments and connect internal connections and some, and like you guys have been saying, the, the, the ability to work with feel, work with, activate, mobilize, um, and exchange in your body, the, the chi energy. Um, and I don't normally refer to it that way, but, but that's what it ends up being is that you're feeling the energy and you're able to manipulate that energy. And um, anyways, and you're able to do all that because it's so much faster to learn because of the way that it's organized. Um, and so I want to let you guys all talk about anything in that if you had something to say. If you either all, don't say something just to say something, obviously, but if there's something about what I've said here that you're going, oh, and, or that, or whatever, by all means, um, jump out there with it. I'll just start. Well, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll jump out there and say I, I thought it was, um, you know, great to, I, personally, I thought it was great to just even hear that from a Tai Chi teacher that, like, no, we want to get you to the internal part as fast as possible because that really is like that's the goal for any serious Tai Chi person. And so, uh, you know, just to just to find a teacher who was coming from that place was um, like like that's one of the things that attracted me to you know Richard's Tai Chi system in the first place. Uh, and then what I what I really found from practicing it is that it works exactly like he just said it's supposed to work. Like you get. You get the choreography down, but there's always going to be nuances and refinements and things along the way for that. And if you spend all your time and attention on 107 versions of that, 108 versions, yeah, yeah, 108 versions of that, you're never going to get, uh, you, you know, you're never going to get to the to the real heart and soul of the, of the art. And um, and uh, it's just it's the, the quickest way to get there and the, and the easiest best way to like practice and just, just get off that starting block um, is you know an ultra short form um, and the eight and the thirteen the having two of them that are actually kind of similar but that you can't just do on autopilot like you actually do have to be engaged in it a little bit to know like am I doing the eight or am I doing the thirteen or what's going on here that too is also a really big advantage um, and being able to kind of select which form am I doing, but ha but they're both really, really short. And so they're both, you know, it's just quick and right to it. Um, so I found really, you know, strong advantages in my own practice for uh, for that for a lot of reasons. Um, Ty, sorry, I kind of cut you off. I saw you were about to jump in next. No, no problem. Uh, something that I, people have touched on, but I really want to emphasize is that I've had the opportunity to, to study with four people who were the head of their systems. And they were, they were absolutely phenomenal martial artists, but they're not necessarily phenomenal teachers. And so when people ask me to 
um, compares Sifu Clear to other martial artists, I will always emphasize that he is the best martial arts teacher that I've ever come across. Thank you. Yeah. I'll throw in one very quick story from uh, a number of years ago. Um, I had a, a student, it was my first student, who had only been with me for six months. And because of the training of this program, uh, I took him to this big event, the Tai Chi Gala. And he starts pushing hands with people. And aside from we know push hands, high quality push hands is not about winning and all that sort of thing. He comes up to me after pushing with people. And mind you, he'd only been doing Tai Chi for six months. And he goes, uh, Harry, why am I moving people that have told me they've been doing Tai Chi for like 10 years, 15 years? And I'm like, ah. I told you this would happen. They don't have roots. They don't under, it's all physical. And, and that's just from six months of your program that I was able to give to him. And that's how strong it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and for me, um, part of it too, is that if somebody's just a couch potato and the health problems that they've got or any issues that they've got are because they just sit on the couch too much. And then they go to a class and they're learning a bunch of moves and form. Well, at least they're getting off the couch and they're going to get benefit from that. If they're looking for a lot of the more profound benefits, you know, if it's Tai Chi to really do something for arthritis, if it's the Tai Chi to really do something for Parkinson's, if it's, the, you know, to have a profound effect on it. And, and the same thing we found with the COVID and doing all that. Doing the moves, the choreography, will not do that. It has to be the internal aspects and all the principles being used and applied in specific ways. Um, a little, some differences and nuances depending on what the issue is that you're working on. But you actually have to get into that internal part um, because when you start trying to affect maladies and disease and more, more sophisticated things than just sitting on the couch too much, um, it's going to require those internal skills. That's what makes the art as famous as it is. Not just let's do some movement. You could do if you that. You could just walk for, or you could go do any style of martial art as long as it's not extra tension based martial art. Um, but anything where you're moving around and you go do rum class or something, I mean, it's, it's, there's there, there just wouldn't be that much difference because um, it got them off the couch, and so. Um, and so in, for me, it became very important very early on to get into those internals quickly. And so, and to have enough choreography to the, so that there is some, I mean, they can do the eight or the 13 and they can do it three or four times in a row. And now you're getting, you know, if they're needing it just to get, because you're too sedentary, then do four, four, the form four times in a row and you've got you know, good movement there get that if it's something else you're going to need the internals and so I, to me that that was really important um, because i had used it for my own benefit and i started teaching started teaching the first time probably 1983 but i was really teaching where i was doing private lessons and, and personal students and all that by about 1986 87 and I had people coming to me with health problems and getting benefits because I was teaching them the things that were being taught to me on the internal aspects and it was working for me. And so I wanted to be able to get right to that as opposed to, well, you know, after you've been with me for three to five years, then we'll be able to get you some help. Uh, in some ways, appropriately so, who wants to wait that long and can they afford to wait that long? 
obviously with a thing like COVID now, for that, you had to be training a bunch of the skills that you need ahead of time so that you can then employ those skills. But, you know, at the day that you need that, it's not like, okay, while well, you're in year one, you've had a year of Tai Chi or two, and you got two more years to go, and then we can help you with the COVID. You're not going to be here to be helped with COVID if that's what's going on. You need it now. And so, and so there is that idea. And then, so it's building a foundation, doing it now, but also then building that foundation for the longer term and truly higher level skills. And now, a word from our sponsor. Is chi real? The word chi is the Chinese word for energy. And energy is everywhere, all around us. Physics says so. The question is not, does energy exist? Because of course energy exists. The real question is, what forms of energy can human beings tap into and use? My name is Richard Clear, and internal power is what I do. After over 40 years of continuous study and research, I created a one-of-a-kind online program that my students are raving about. In it, I revealed the secrets of effortless internal power. The program has had so much success, I decided to take it to the public. In fact, the results are so powerful that I put a money-back guarantee on it. Find out more about this incredible program at internalpowerkeys.com. Anybody else? Anything else? Yeah. So I think there's another interesting aspect there um, with having the short set and also emphasizing the internal energy um, instead of spending a lot of time thinking, memorizing, or intellectualizing, you're, you're getting inside and feeling and so you get more sensitivity towards what's really happening which makes you more more aware like sooner if something were to go wrong and you can also have faith in your ability to sort of you know be your own well, I don't know if I should say it that way but let's oh, say what's going on inside of you. well yeah and it's just sort of empowering to know that you can affect it in a positive way through your practice. Yeah. Jim, I would say, you say that that was right once you realized, because he had the COVID and we worked with him and then kind of pointed out, hey, these skills that he already fortunately has, apply those directly to it. And then when you did, would you say that, I know at first it was disconcerting because you kind of had the, had the, oh my God, why didn't I think to do that? Uh, but you hadn't done it before where you really used the internal to affect something like that. But then once you did and kind of got past the initial, for lack of a better word, embarrassment, would you say that you found that to be particularly empowering? Yes. Yeah, it, uh, it definitely, definitely helped the road to recovery. And like you said, if I'd have started it a little bit earlier, I think there wouldn't have been as much damage, especially to the lungs and, you know, the diaphragm. But <clears throat> it's, uh, it, it is, it's, for you to take charge of your own body and to be familiar with it and to, you know, to be able to diagnose and, and know what, what feels right and what doesn't feel right is uh, it's, it's a real, real big part of the Tai Chi. Cool. I, um, I would yeah. just add, uh, <laughs> like on the martial end, it's kind of an interesting, it doesn't quite, allude to the short form but it really goes along with the principle that we're talking about it was funny because as i started studying tai chi after i've been doing it about a decade and i started researching 
you know, quote unquote, high level people, uh, more famous people, maybe some of the moves that they would do were so complicated. I mean, they were so, you know, you've got to really just like twist this, move this. And it's, it looks really pretty on a standing person that's kind of letting you do the thing. But really, if like a a meathead was coming at you, you'd have to be like a super, super advanced person to make any of those work. And the thing I found interesting when I first uh, came to Sifu and I started seeing some of his applications is a lot of them are really simple. But the difference is when you have that internal energy and you have that internal power behind all the moves, you really just got to reach out and touch the person. And so it really kind of blew my mind from a martial arts standpoint because it's like, you know, what's really the more effective? Because as people, we sometimes like the, the ear tickling or the, the thing that we feel might be the most advanced, but really... Sifu's program works, and that's really, um, if I can communicate anything, it, some of it may seem overly complicated, but some of it is very simple because it just works, and the internal power really works, and so, uh, yeah, healing or martial, it works. Cool, man. Yeah, well, and so, uh, you know, uh, all of us have been kind of sharing what the benefits of the internal power are, and, you know, there are a lot of them, but I guess the real point is that if you ever want to get there, don't just focus on the choreography you know that's that 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 is the shell of the tai chi and you have to put that, that's like the the uh what is it called the the outside of a car um and you got to put an engine in there and you got to make sure it's got actually like working parts and fuel and all that stuff um otherwise you just got a really nice looking lawn ornament <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> A, a nice looking street part of it. Right. I'm not putting my car on my lawn. I know I live in Tennessee, but I'm not putting my car on my lawn. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. The uh, so Wuchi is one of the things that we teach um, people pretty quickly coming in the door, and that's the Wuchi with the stance and all the principles that are in there. If you've seen my book, then and that's part of the that book is part of the basic skills curriculum. Then, um, then you'll see that there's a chapter in there on Wu Chi, and it's probably the most extensive write-up on Tai Chi currently that somebody can buy in a book, right, in a, in a book form. And really what it does is it creates the proper body conditions for the body and the energy to make the, the external and internal alignments and connections. It, it makes the internal connections so that there's no blockages from one place in your body to another. And that there's no gaps or disconnects. And the gaps and disconnects, like when he was talking about the engine there, if there's a gap or a disconnect in there, then that's where it stops. And then it's kind of like if you cut a fuel line, the car won't run because of that gap that's now in there. Same thing with same thing if you've got a spark plug that's, that's got a, uh, an incorrect thing in it, and the fire can't transfer across that gap of the fire not being able to do that, car won't start, you know, these kinds of things. The, uh, the other thing Wu Chi does is it helps you to be open to flow and not be in, to flow and move in motion when you're going to do that and to not be impeded by your own body and the internal flow of the energy and not being impeded by your own body and to recognize, to learn what that is and be able to quickly recognize what that is like, what you guys have been talking about. This is the optimum Wu Chi best physical position for Tai Chi to work the way that Tai Chi is supposed to work, and the internal energy to flow. 
and Wu Chi is is um, interesting because it's both structure and and uh, frame and and how you you know your 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 uh, your uh, connection, if you will, your alignment, your the build, and also relaxation and deep relaxation in the song at the same time. The uh, and so uh, the more advanced instruction in our curriculum at various levels gets a lot more deep into that and builds on that. But the real key is to start with is to make sure that Wu Chi is really really done well, and it's a bit tedious probably. For my mind, one of the more difficult parts of the basic skills to actually get across uh, for people, especially if they've really been in bad alignment, had bad posture, um, sat on the couch in funky positions for just too many years, then it takes a while and you can't rush that part of it to change their body because it will cause them a lot of aches and pains because their body has grown into a position and now you're trying to get it to go into a different position and unfortunately, that will take time. They have to be shown what to do and be gradually led to that so that their body will now grow into the correct position, especially if you get people where they've got that, I don't know if there's a word for it, but where the neck is really sticking out forward or they've got like a spinal curvature that's really just growing in a certain way because they keep putting themselves in positions, whatever they're doing, that, or they've got a job even where it's, where it emphasizes certain kinds of postural positioning. And it's going to take a while for their body to grow back out of that. But at least the Wu Chi is giving the path to get there and then what that should be like. Um, and then allowing everything else to, to happen the way that it's supposed to in terms of, of uh, correct connected alignment with, uh, without gaps or blockages and with that relaxation. Anyways, I want to give you all a chance to weigh in on Wu Chi and maybe things that it's done for you and or that you figured out about it or when you've been teaching somebody else. And obviously, one of the ones I guess I want to emphasize here, if somebody's listening to us and they're a Tai Chi teacher, is don't take an older person and try to get them into a completely correct Wu Chi bang, first day, second day, first week, first month. You're obviously going to lead them to that, but if you try to put their body fully in that correction, you're probably breaking them. And don't do that because obviously their body has now grown into these. So they're not, you can think if you're, if you're not educated on it, that while well, they're holding this position, no, their body has actually grown into that now if they've been doing this for years. And it's going to take it a while to grow back out of that. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Wu Chi. I mean, for me, Wu Chi is just so foundational and fundamental. I'm doing it like all the time when I'm, if I'm in line at the grocery store, if I'm just standing there like trying to contemplate like what I want to pick out or if I'm waiting at the bank or just standing around doing whatever, I am always trying to be in the best Uchi that I can be. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm, I'm a part of me is focused on that. And I, uh, I've been working on it for like on, on getting a better, proper physical alignment and structure and growing out of some of my bad habits for the better part of eight years now and I'm still working on it. It's not, and I've got decent Uchi by most people's standards, but it's not something that you ever really stop thinking about or focusing on in certain ways because there's all, there's so much more and better that it can be. And when you start to, when you actually start to do it, when you really just start to make that a habit and you try to get in the Uchi, more often and, you, and it becomes more natural for you, 
the benefits of it are so palpable that you want to work on it for the next eight years because it just like you all of a sudden it's like wow I feel young again and like you you know you really can feel the energy flowing because you couldn't before because there were these like breaks in your structure and it was like someone was stepping on a garden hose or there was a kink in the hose somehow and the water couldn't flow through and now you've unkinked the hose and it's like wow there's all this power there and when you really get that going on but plus the the ability to relax which is so fundamental to Tai Chi and so much of what we like, what a lot of us got into the art kind of for is like, you can't, you know, I can relax and keep on the ground, but can I be relaxed and functional and move about my day? Can I actually like go out and do all the things that I need to do all day, every day and be relaxed while I'm doing it and still be powerful and, you know, uh, capable as a, as a human being out in the physical world. And like, that's the real goal of Tai Chi. And if you're leaning or you're fighting yourself anywhere, you're robbing yourself of power, first of all, and you can't relax. Like you're, if you're leaning somewhere, you have to tense somewhere else to hold yourself up. And so that, that central Wu Chi position and that with that good John Daniel, the alignments all the way through that is what really allows you to be relaxed and powerful at the same time. And so getting that really, really, really sweet is, I mean, if, if you can do that, a lot of the other things in Tai Chi come very, very naturally afterwards. It's just like dominoes. That's been my experience. One of the things that I like to do, we all have our phones, which have cameras in them. So I have permission for my students standing that I can take a picture of them whenever. So when I teach my senior citizen classes, uh, I have a number of students who have not grown into a bad position, but they will be in bad positions yeah. and, and, uh, or even as they're going through form uh, in, in bad posture. And when I sneak a picture of them and then show them, they're mortified because they think they're, and they see that and they go, wow. And that really helps when they can see it versus me just telling them. And yep. um, it, it has made a big difference in them really being hyper vigilant about it. And then I've let them see how when you can, when you're in proper posture and structure, you breathe in nice and deep. And if you bend over just the least bit, how that impedes they don't want any part of that. So it's a very strong, very good lesson. And I do keep repeating it when I see, and I joke, I, I have to be the posture police today, you know, <laughs> and, uh, but, but they enjoy it and they take it in the spirit that it's meant to be taken and, and they really appreciate it. What happens with alignment on people yeah, and for what you're talking about there is that they, everybody thinks that they stand straight up and down when they're standing. And what happens is most people actually have a tilt or a lean in a direction. And that can be back, it can be forward, it could be off to the side. And what happens is if you did that, if your normal posture truly was perpendicular to the ground and you leaned off or, or, or slouched or whatever into um, a position like that, you're going to feel it. If you're, if you're really at 90, whatever, and if you're really at 90 and you go anywhere else, you'll know that you're, that you're doing that. But what happens is, is that the for human beings and maybe for other things other animals and stuff too but for human beings whatever position you are normally in your mind within a couple or three weeks 
takes about that long, orients to that position. So if you have somebody that's leaning forward all the time, within less, less than 30 days, their mind will orient and assume that this position that's at a tilt is at a 90. You actually, your mind, your mind just adjusts and assumes that's correct. That's, the, that's a 90 degree, you're gonna look at the world from a central position and it assumes that that's a central position when it's not. And that's true with the leaning back and this kind of, you know, whatever it is, when it's, when it's again, about three weeks is what I found on the average. Um, it becomes memorized in this way, even if it's really off and really wrong, or if you get an injury and you get stuck up in a way and it's there long enough, the mind starts to basically grow accustomed to the idea that this is the position. And so what happens when you've got the beginners coming in doing this, is that they're leaning wherever it is, or they have this funky anatomy, you know, this, this um, compensation in their body that were at some point, somewhere along the way, it was a compensation, whether it was for work they were doing or an injury that put them in a position or whatever it was, their mind has grown used to, this is correct and straight and aligned and everything else. So you say, stand up straight. Oh man, what's, <laughs> that's not straight. And they're going, yeah, it is because their mind has been telling them now, they've been doing this for years, their mind is already conditioned for years that this is straight, this is up and down, perpendicular to the ground. And then you, when you take the picture, that's why it blows them away. And then, they, and then when they stand in the right position, the most common thing that you get is, oh, I feel really off balance. I'm really like out of whack. And it's because if you're used to a tilt that's, that's 25 degrees off, and you go to being at, at correct, your, your mind is not acclimated yet. And it's gonna take it a few weeks to get there. And so it's still off and they're gonna to have to put in their time and practice in that again and again and again. Now, if it's because of a back or a neck, hyphenation, I, I think is one of the words for it. Anyways, if it's because of that, then again, you have to be careful putting them into that because you may be, you know, they, they may be hurting, or it may be hurting to hold the position and you've gotta go a lot more gradually and go, okay, we're gonna do this a very little bit at a time over months, years maybe, depending on how bad and how long and how old they are and everything else. Um, and so that's different. And unfortunately, you can get their mind to acclimate very, very quickly like that, weeks. Um, but for their body to change, it's gonna take a lot longer. Um, and the skeleton and, and, the, and the programming in the mind is for it to grow that way, kind of like a plant. You put a plant in a window and it will start growing towards the sunlight, typically. And if you turn it around, it will start growing the other direction towards the sunlight. And the body does this too. If we're, if we're positioned so long, it starts getting a, a signal in there that's unconscious to grow in this direction, in this way. And you basically are having to reprogram. And it's going to take a while. And usually slower than a plant, by the way, depending on what the plant is. But yeah. And you see trees do this too. You look at trees, if you go out in the forest, I go hiking a lot, um, you'll see the trees will actually grow in ways, if they're on a hillside, they'll grow certain kinds of ways to adjust for the balance and also where the sun is and all that kind of stuff and other things. So you'll see that this is a natural thing that we're talking about. And then it's how to get that correction in there safely and carefully and yet actually get it in there. And so the first one is to become aware that this thing is there. If they've had it for years, they don't know. And why would they? 
And then once you get the awareness, how to actually take action on that in a way that's healthy and good and all those things. So Gucci, with carefully taught, is ideally hitting that, just like you're talking about. The picture at least alerts the mind that, hey, something's not right here. Cool. Okay. Anybody else? On the I guess. Yeah. Throw in some, just a, a very short story uh, for what you were just talking about. Uh, when I first started Tai Chi, again, very uh, form oriented and the instructor would constantly walk up behind me and slam the, my left shoulder. <laughs> and uh, and I, I, I wasn't aware until I looked in the mirror and I carried my left shoulder much higher. And uh, to the extent that I, you know, I didn't realize it, I went back and looked at my old driver's license photos <laughs> and you can actually see that I was, you know, off on one side and, you know, it was the left was, side. Was it increasing over time? No, I think because it was a, a, an early injury when I was 18, 19 years okay. old. Was, was helping somebody put up a, a light post, a, uh, like a telephone post. Yeah. And scene slipped off the, uh, the bucket and I, I caught the post on my right shoulder. And it just jammed it. So I just, you know, continued working out and everything. And, and it all grew that way. So, yeah. but uh, I got used to the idea that this was normal. So it didn't register it as being up anymore. Yeah. But yeah. with, you know, working on it, though, I think it has improved. Uh, yeah, no, you can see it's not. In fact, right now, the other side might be up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I'm all, I'm all the cameras. Yeah, we're right. all in positions because we're because we're aiming towards our cameras and stuff. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, it may still be, and I work on it constantly. But uh, a couple of car wrecks and everything later too. Um, but the, with oh, the Wu Chi, back real hard. <laughs> <laughs> who was the, the you know, who, who needed that? Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it's a good one. <laughs> It is impressive, though, when you get the Wu Chi stance correctly, you can feel the energy. And and I you know, first noticed it even between my own hands. You know, you can feel them burning and, you know, you can feel the energy pulsating. So it's always it's a great check as you're doing your alignment. And I, I go through it with the students, you know, check your alignment, make minor adjustments, feel your own energy and then always improve on that. So. So it is, uh, it is very important, yeah. Yeah, we said it earlier, but it bears repeating that feel the energy is the motto for a reason. It is fundamental to the method. Um, it really is. It's, if you can't feel the energy, you're not like ready to, um, you know, graduate to the next step yet. Like, it really is very, very early on, very primary, um, and, and it, it's necessary. It's a tool for um, for later development. Yeah, one of the things with the Wu Chi that we do there is teach them to make sure that energy is flowing and that energy ball checked, so that you can actually feel to, to actually feel the energy and have an idea for how fast, it is, what the temperature is, what kind of a quality it is, and then to use that as a check ongoing, longer term, and you get other kinds of checks as well. And so now you know whether you're making uh, headway or not, and, and how much and, and what's going on, and you're going to give 
a better and deeper uh, ting, the ability to sense that and what's going on with that, which then helps you to understand much more about what's going on inside your body. And and it is, it's that feel the energy. And if you're not feeling the energy, then something is really off and what has to be done to get that going on. And then as you're working on these other skills, all the way up to the very advanced parts of our programs, the checks, make it so that you are going to be able to make progress and you don't always have to go to the teacher and go, is this right? Is that right? You can feel the energy and go, eh, it's weaker. Okay, that's, there's something off here. Um, and then the, uh, and then as you keep going, then it becomes, okay, that's the quality, that's the speed, that's the, you know, and the other things that now really give you a lot of information about what you're doing and what you're not doing. And this goes back to that thing of like the, the you know, it, ideally you'd be working other other stuff too. But if you were just working form with that skill, you could get more and more and more out of it because you're really putting that attention in. And you're getting real feedback out of your form now because there's that internal element in it, and because of what that is. Um, and so you, know, you 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 can actually get a lot out of your form once you have that skill and the ability to feel the energy. Um, but you know, if you're just waving your hands in the air for a thousand years, it's not going to happen. Well, maybe for a thousand years. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that starts uh, the, the so the ability to do that through your form is in the program. It is in level one. It's very early on, but the uh, but the ability to feel the energy starts with this Chi. It really is like the the, the way that you should check. To make sure that your Wuchi is good is by feeling the energy. The two things are directly connected and directly related. Well, I'm not saying that at the beginning you don't need somebody working with you on the posture like we've talked about some of these other things. But then once those, what an instructor can reasonably do has been done, your more internal adjustment, your more, how's my song? Am I really getting that good relaxation along with that? And your things that are going to be a lot harder for somebody to eyeball and check. You being able to feel that energy is going to allow you to make those kinds of internal adjustments um, and that kind of thing. And of course, any of you that are most, which is most of you guys on here now, that are more advanced with us, you're able to actually look at the energy in the person and help make the adjustments like that. Um, at the same time, if I'm as a teacher doing it with you, for you, and you can feel it at the same time, well, more is more. You know, you're going to get a lot more out of it and be able to do it a lot more and you're going to have a lot more confidence. And what's happening too as you get as you're doing that and you gain more ability and you're able to work with it um, because we do a lot more work with it than just feeling it but first you have to be able to feel it if you can't feel it it's real hard to work with it try to pick up a box if i set a box on the floor and i tell you go pick up that box and you think you're going to pick up a one pound box and it weighs 80 pounds you tug on it it doesn't come up why because your body was acclimated to one pound if it's a one pound box and you thought it was an 80 pound box, you probably just threw the whole box up into the ceiling and across the room because you put everything into it for the 80 pound box. So if I say that's a, if you've done both those things and now I put a box down there and that's a mystery box, what are you going to do to pick it up? Just go try to pick it up off the floor? No, you're going to go down and you're going to feel it for a minute and try to lift a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, and you're going to feel it. And now you're going to pick up the box correctly as long as there's not some other surprise going on. And so you had to be able to feel it first in order to reasonably, intelligently just lift the box up and move it from here to there. And it's the same thing with most other skills. It's, it's odd to me, in a way, people really do tend to have a hard time with that on the feel the energy thing. 
Um, and yet it's fundamental in the way that I just talked about with the boxing. So it seems to me like it would be some kind of a serious, easy thing to, for people to wrap their mind around. But I find that people really do have to um, have some struggle with that. Anyways, Ting, Ting is the thing, uh, Ting James. Um, and it is called Ting James. So it is a James skill, which is your mind and the energy together. And in this case, listening or feeling um, like that. But one of the key key components. And the Wu Chi is the beginning of the first kind of, uh, for most people, unusual or over the top or different kind of a Ting skill that you, that you, the first time you really start using that is when you're doing that with the feeling energy ball, but you will use it a lot more as we go through the program to the point where it becomes profound and has a lot of medical use and also some martial art use. Um, it's absolutely, you know, if you're doing that, um, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, anybody else on Wu Chi? Um, I was just going to point out real quick because we've been talking a little bit about, um, you know, if people are older and they, or if they've had injuries and this sort of thing. But I just wanted to point out too that if you have experienced some kind of training, for for example, myself, I've, since I was four years old, they trained, uh, they trained, had me training in ballet. And so, you know, when you say, well, stand up straight, people who have maybe a military background or a particular sport or some kind of um, dance, um, they may think that their posture is, is really well aligned. Yeah, but it's stiff. So they're actually introducing some tension when they believe they're correcting their posture. And so you have to be a little bit, you know, because in, in my senior class, I do have a certain component of people who, you know, they've, they've got a poor posture because of, a lifetime of sitting or, yep. you know, or some injury or, or illness. That's right. But I also had several of my, um, my senior citizens class that were just ramrod straight because their whole life, they're, you know, they had been trained that that was the correct way, you know, to stand up. And sure. so it took a little bit of work to get them to, you know, kind of uh, let the air out and relax and release that tension. And then they begin to appreciate the fact that, you know, chest out and shoulders back is not necessarily the the optimal posture yeah. yeah cool yeah one of the things one of the professions that i've worked with a lot of folks in are dentists and if somebody's been a dentist for more than 15 20 years typically they've got a hump on one side and it actually goes all the way through and they'll have some kidney pain on the on the one side and it's because they've been up over top of people in a position working on their teeth every day after day after day after day that their body, mind and body got the signal that this is the correct position and starts groaning that way. Um, and they realize that they've got it uh, at some point if they've been doing it for a long time or they go to a dentist convention and they see a bunch of other dentists and they go, okay, a bunch of these guys have a hump on one side and you can actually go to, and like, if you wanted to go and, and really have fun, if you go and be looking for that, okay, so you always work on the left side of the patient. You always work on the right side of the patient. How do you know that? Because I can see it on your body. Anyways, and you get the idea. And then, to, and then they've usually got it. And then postal carriers, where they care, if they were walking um, a thing, then they've got usually one side or the other that's compensated in a certain way, again, over years. Uh, a lot of police officers, especially if they're doing a lot of where they're standing or walking, and they've got all kinds of equipment on, depending on what they've got, how they've got it, that kind of thing. And you find that people 
I'm sure military too, depending on what they were doing, will have stuff going on. And then it's, okay, let's get your body back to a state of health because that's actually a, uh, an overload on parts of the system and a disconnect on other parts of the system. Anyways, cool. Sifu, yeah. I think if you uh, look at your dentists, you'll find that they lean toward their non-dominant side because that gives them access to the person's mouth That's with right. their dominant hand. Yeah, you're exactly so right. if it's if it's a left-handed person, they'll lean to the left, and if it's a right-handed person, they'll probably lean to the right. So yeah, so you can uh, tell them which side of the patient they work on and what hand they they is their dominant well, hand. Well, so you start off by going, you're left-handed. You you know you look for your left, like right-handed, most people go, of course, most people are right-handed. You go up to all your left-handed people and make sure there are the people there, and it's like, I'm just gonna pick out the left-handers. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> You're psychic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. All right. Um, anything else on that? Um, I will say uh, most of the people here. So uh, let me let me just stand back here for a second and show you what I'm saying. So like, I'm in a pretty decent Wuchi right now. It's not great, but it's it's a decent Uchi. So I don't, I, hopefully I don't look particularly odd or slouchy or anything like that. There's a fear sometimes that people, when you say, you know, you want to do Uchi like kind of all the time that they're going to be out in public and like embarrassed or something. And yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not like that. Um, and the other thing about it is that I've had, I've had uh, particularly women, which I think is interesting um, shy away from the idea of, of wanting to be an Uchi because they say, say, well, I'm supposed to be feminine and then I'm supposed to have this sort of posture that's a little bit kinked and, you know, in different ways or whatever. And they're and like, and they're, they're a little bit shy, hesitant about being in Uchi. And my, my answer to that is, well, I'm supposed to be manly, but am I doing that all day, every day? No, if I'm just hanging out, I'm just hanging out. Know, so uh, so I guess that's just some food for thought on. <laughs> well, for, for, my, for my money, if um, I'm working with somebody and they went, well, I want to be able to be one way. It's like, well, but think about it like you're a model. So I need you on that this way, but then I need you to be able to do the same thing on the other side. If it's a man, I need you to be able to put the chest a little higher or I need to be able to, you know, and I need to be able to adjust things. And if you're central, you can adjust them. If you're not central, you're stuck in that one way and there's other, and then are you really concerned about that the day that you got the nasty flu or the COVID or whatever else is going on and you want to be in the right position in order to flush out the crap and, and have a lot less symptoms and problems with what's going on and to get through it a lot faster and better and with a healthier outcome. I'm hoping that's obvious. I tell you what, I had, there was nothing sexy or manly about anything I was up to for about three weeks there. And so he I, had COVID as well. Yeah, I was not concerned about my posture like that um, in, you know, even a little bit. I was very concerned about relaxation and being able to stay mobile and not, uh, you know, shaken, clutched up uh, from, from that. But, uh, but in terms of, like, you know, posture and posture that way, no. Oh, no, that was the last thing on my mind. Anybody else about Wuchi? All right, guys. Um, so, like I said, the uh, word from our sponsor, the, uh, we've got a, an online program for the basic skills Tai Chi, and our intermediate program is on there. And it's $47 a month. 
and that's at clearmartialarts.com. And if you just wanted to buy the whole thing up front um, for $495, that's the whole package, and that's like a dozen DVDs or so. You'll see you'll see them on there laid out, um, and the book and the video for the book and and all the and that's the and that's um, chi energy activation cultivation and flow. That's and it's got the yeah, that's the book. It's got the eight move and the thirteen move. It's got the uh, uh, self defense applications like several videos on that. It's got the, the methods and the health applications and it's got several videos on that. Um, and then the different methods and that whole thing. So please, please support the sponsor here and take check that out. At the very least, go to clearmartialarts.com and check out what's there. I mean, there's a bunch of really interesting stuff. There's some free stuff available on there for you. Um, if you're just looking to get started, you know, not done a lot with us yet. Um, definitely go uh, check it out, clearmartialarts.com. There's, there's going to be some great stuff for you. And if you're looking to take that next step, um, you know, really invest the time in the foundation for your Tai Chi, a lot of ones available right there. Hey, um, so is there any last comments, anybody, for today? I'm sorry. Matt, you would just before you finished you were saying you were dealing with something and you weren't worried you just wanted things to flow and you weren't worried about standing up straight what was that I had COVID. yeah when i had the COVID, i was more or less wrapped in blankets doing this half the time oh. uh and you know and trying to stay loose and mobile but i wasn't worried about you know standing in wuchi for hours or anything okay. like i was you know i was i was in whatever position i was most comfortable in at the moment just okay so you dealt with it then? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I absolutely dealt with it. Um, okay. And uh, and Jim has been dealing with it until just very recently. Um, yeah. And so we 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 do have some experience in uh, in the bunch here. Um, yeah, I've had three students, direct students, because I work with a lot, have it, and then we've got some other extended students that I don't work with as much, and the three that I work with a lot. Um, yeah, we did specific things and really got them through it without it turning into full pneumonia. And it was trying on two of them to turn into pneumonia. Like, like Jim can tell you, his was the worst. Like, what? Well, probably one more day, and it would have been um, uh, rest, the respirator. Is that what they're calling it? On the, on the, uh, you know, when they put you on the things. Yeah. Ventilator. Ventilator. Yeah. One more day, and it would have been on the ventilator if we hadn't, hadn't got to it like we did. And he can tell you that better than me. So I've got some understanding of this. Not obviously like a doctor that's working with it day in and day out and, and all of that. Uh, of course, what we found, I'm not making a political statement here, and I'm not making no medical statement. I'm not giving you medical advice. Yet. Don't sue me. The, uh, uh, there are protocols in place in the hospitals, and that may be that they come in, they're like this, they're going on a ventilator. And it's just, and then even if the doctor doesn't like it, a lot of times for a lot of hospitals out there, it's like, this is the protocol. And they're going to do that protocol, even if they know that that's not really the best thing. And it's happening more than it should, in my opinion, a lot more than that should be. And so my goal with the people that, that had it personally were working with us, let's get you through this without that happening. And for Jim, like I said, I think, and he can tell you more, I think about one more day, like where he was at, when we really realized how bad off he was and helped him through this medium, the Zoom uh, call. Um, and got him and did some things with him and for him and then got him to do some things for himself specifically that are these Tai Chi things um, and if it hadn't been for that he'd have been on a ventilator and the, the the scary part about the ventilator is that they have to paralyze you so that the 
machine works because there's so much force on your lungs. So. And, and the, the last statistics I've heard on the, or, and it may be wrong or a little different than this, but eight to nine out of 10 people that go on them die. Like so much so that like, okay, but, but they're kind of treating it as last ditch. So it's like, well, you're probably going to die, but at least this might save you. Yeah. You know, there's a 10% chance or something, you know. Oh. Yeah, it, it, do, do anything you can that's smart enough to, to keep off of those. Um, anything anything at all that uh, that can get you well. And we're not giving you medical point. advice. Talk to your medical professional and all that. Yeah, but but obviously, I mean, if you, you know, if it's a last-ditch effort, um, you, should, you should hopefully be smart enough to realize that, like, that shouldn't be the goal. You really, you really should be trying to do things to avoid last ditch. Um, and uh, and we all were able to. Everybody who has everybody that I work with directly has been able to, to not have to go to the ventilator. Yeah. And with Jim, where his was, like I say, about one more day, and then with Roland, uh, had he not had the training, it would have been a death sentence, and not maybe. He is he is vastly, and he knows this, vastly, vastly. Over uh, morbidly obese, overweight, like holy crap, overweight. And he knew when he got it, uh, before he got it, that the chances were really good if he got it, it was going to go up, like really high. And he went through it like um, basically as well as you guys did. But he did everything that I had told him um, and used a uh, CPAP as well. Yeah, I did not have the CPAP, but I had uh, the O2 meter, um, so I could read my uh, my blood oxygen and uh, and you know use the smart breathing techniques to keep that up. He was able to actually take out of half a dozen breathing techniques, and he was the first one and try them each out, looking at how the O2 did. When he did that, and we figured out that the whole body breathing was the one that really caused the best O2 levels through the thing, and then used that the rest of the time. And of course. It's now recommended for everybody else, and it um, it made the difference. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. All right. Yeah. And getting me through it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you're getting yourself through it. You just had you just had a little, a little bit of helpful nudging from us. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, guys, thanks for thanks for attending today and, and your input and all that and uh, interacting with you guys more. And the uh, and more next time. And if you're at home listening to this, and you had questions for me or any of the folks, uh, make sure to get us that so in some way. You know, type it in, you know, send us the, the message. Whether you do that on Facebook or, or somewhere this is posted, you can do it um, on the contact form at clearmartialarts.com. Yep. Um, so do that um, and get it to us. And if it's for one of the guys, we'll make sure our folks. It, we'll make sure it gets to them. Um, for us and we'll try to get you answers and, and or help and whatever you know, or guide you in the right direction. Um, thanks for listening and watching and more next time. Thanks everybody. And now a word from our sponsor. For those of you who are interested in internal power and want a reliable place to start and for anyone who wants to experience internal power for themselves, go to internalpowerguide.com. I built a crash course in hands-on internal power. The Practical Guide to Internal Power is a work-at-your-own-pace online program. It is the course I use to get students from 0 to 60 as quickly as possible, and it is totally free. 
So sign up at internalpowerguide.com now and get started right away. That's internalpowerguide.com.